Welcome to another episode of the T Degree Golf Podcast. Excited for you to be with us today, you out there in the T Degree Golf community. This episode is a really, really exciting and inspiring episode. We're going to talk to the founders of Par 365 Golf. The concept in and of itself, I'm certain, will motivate you to become a part of the experience. This is the brainchild of a husband and wife tandem who we will soon introduce you to. But we are really looking forward to this episode and my appeal to you as we dive into this husband and wife partnership that we position ourselves to support PAR 365. Whether you're in the Twin Cities metropolitan area, whether you're in San Diego or Brooklyn, New York or South Florida, or definitely Metro ATL. This is one where we will want to not only put a put a thumbtack on it, but you certainly will want to keep this in your browser. And so I won't I won't hold you any longer. Uh, I'm going to welcome to the T degree Peter Green Golf Podcast, Mercedes and Thomas Jackson. Welcome, family. Good to be with you all again. Good to see you. Welcome to the podcast, and we're looking forward to having this conversation with you. Thank you so much, Victor. Thanks for that warm introduction. We are excited to be here. I, I just want your listeners to know that we aren't golf pros, right? Like, I don't think we could beat you together, even if me and Mercedes teamed up. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> That's what makes this so exciting. Mercedes, thank you for being with us as well. Uh, we're really looking forward to this conversation over the next uh, next few minutes or so. Yes, thank you. And I'm really excited to be here. And uh, thank you for inviting us on. You're welcome. You're welcome. So with that, talk to us about uh, about yourselves. As Thomas, as you alluded to, you're you're not golfers. You're You're diving into this space. Par 365 in so many ways, in fact, in every way, elicits connection to golf. So take us through this journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll start off a little bit, Mercedes, and, and definitely jump in here. Um, we are, and I think it's one of those terms that, that golfers like yourself may cringe a little, but we are pandemic golfers. I mean, the <laughs> pandemic hit, we were looking for how to get out the house, how to still have that connection, how to still have that community. And golf just presented itself. So a lot of this idea, a lot of why we're getting into the sport now, a lot of the inspiration was really uh, from the pandemic. So Mercedes, what what what's your take on? So I'd say you know uh, just uh, definitely not a, a, a golfer, lifelong golfer. Um, we really kind of dove into um, this venture. Um, kind of born from our uh, kind of what we discovered over the course of the pandemic in terms of how to how to spend that time, how to spend it well, um, how to be active and and get to s connect with, you know, not just um, friends and coworkers, colleagues that we weren't seeing regularly, but also as a family, you know, getting away from the house and doing something a little bit different. Um, definitely like really, uh, really were inspired by that, but then also kind of finding a way to, uh, to be able to spend that time and, you know, wherever it is, whatever you, it is you're doing in golf, you know, it's, it's family friendly. So you can take the kids, you know, and for the simulators, it's time limited, right? 
Yeah. You know, I, I actually like that. And I think what's what's so spot on about how you all navigated towards golf is that earlier this year, during one of the men's majors, the USGA commissioner alluded to the fact that during the pandemic, uh, in many ways, the pandemic saved golf at that particular point in time. And what saved it were creatives like yourself, people of color and women who took that opportunity to see golf as a lifeline. And, and in many ways, you all didn't see it as a lifeline. You saw it as an entrepreneurial opportunity. So I think that's a little different spin on what the commissioner of the USGA was alluding to. And, and my guess is at some point in some way he listens to this episode, it certainly, it certainly will broaden his appreciation for communities of color and how they've impacted and will continue to impact the sport of golf. So I, I absolutely love that and think it's in line with what golf understood to happen to it during that pandemic, in fact, and since. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Given that, is there any relationship that you have with golf that precedes the pandemic or is the relationship to golf about a two to three year relationship? It certainly looks like it'll be something that's uh, going on as we go forward. No, that's a great question. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, say, I, can, I can start on that. I'll say um, I was exposed to golf as a child. Like my grandfather was a big golfer and yeah. We lived next to the golf course, so he would come and golf on the weekends and then pick me up and take me out. And so I was, you know, familiar with it. Um, and uh, I we haven't mentioned this already, but I'm a lawyer by day. I, you know, I work at a corporate law firm and golf is definitely a part of the culture of firms. And I would say as um, as a young woman of color, uh, it it wasn't my thing, right? You know, mm -hmm. people, you know, they build business in all kinds of ways. Um, I didn't really see the value for me of spending my time in that way. Um, I'd much rather connect with people in different types of ways. And it wasn't, you know, really until I got a little bit older um, and had a better appreciation of kind of the wide range of skill sets of these business people who are stepping onto the golf course. Right. Like, you don't have to really know what you're doing um, and be like a pro at it in order to go out and have a good time. And nobody is necessarily expecting that of you. Correct. And so once I was able to kind of put that to the side, um, I was really able to enjoy it and be more open to kind of doing that. Very nice. Very nice. No, absolutely. And I, and I love that, you know, Mercedes is, is, is definitely very humble in her statement. She's a, a partner at a local law firm here. So she, she definitely is in the golf culture and, and a lot of her peers and coworkers and co-owners also uh, are big golfers. Whenever we go to the happy hours, they're always very excited about the concept and the idea, but they're always talking kind of golf as well. For me, I mean, you know, the, my memory of golf before this is very limited. You know, even mm -hmm. to this day, even with this business, 
Um, I remember my dad telling me that, you know, golf is a white man's sport. It's a white man's mm. game. And to this day, like, he's starting to warm up to the idea of the business, but he will not ride in a golf cart with me. He will not set foot on a golf mm. course. You know, and, you know, when we started the business, we really started doing a lot of research on the history of golf. We, we at, at The initial concept was really to do more of a historical spin, and we then leaned into music because yeah. the history of golf is, is it's a rough history, as you know, and, and it's yeah. something that, you know, it, there are a lot of unfortunate moments. My dad was born in 1950. Um, there's a golf course not too far from his house, but, you know, golf wasn't even, you know, on the books available for Black people playing until 1961, right. right? So his formative years, his teenage years, he has very, very poor memories of golf and the culture and, and kind of what he experienced growing up in Chicago. So that was always kind of the lens that I viewed it with growing up. You know, I was an avid athlete, played a lot of sports, you know, uh, and I know you've seen this information, but the demographic and the reach on golf is ridiculous. Everyone knows golf. Everyone knows Tiger. Everyone has mm -hmm. heard some of these famous names, right? But like, you know, the people who actually have the ability to play and engage with it. And then to some extent, the kids who are actually interested in it, especially in this day and age, seems to be very, very limited. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was one of those things that, you know, my peers didn't play. You know, I hear, I hear, you know, kind of the the myths and the legends of like my great grandparents playing, you know, with like Joe Lewis or or you know yeah. Bill Spiller or some of those who came through the Chicago circuit. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's so far removed. You know, the generation of my parents, like they didn't engage with the sport. Um, I think my grandfather might have played a little bit, but you know, it's it's definitely something that before the pandemic, I, I wasn't really checking for like that. Yeah. That's that's so so good, and I think both of the both of the answers are 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 so rich. You know, Mercedes. One of the things that, uh, in fact, I've, I've I've echoed this. This is actually the third episode that I've shared this, but golf has been, I won't say good to females but what it is it's awakening to females in golf right now and since the pandemic we've seen a year over year increase in the number of women in golf and to your point and certainly your experience mercedes the being in business and realizing that you don't have to be proficient to play the sport is now part of why we're seeing women um, gravitate towards the sport. And in some ways, they're becoming proficient. And that's a relative word. But I do think that the stigma around entry to golf as an adult is being broken down. And, and Thomas, you're, you're extremely right. Uh, I have a, I guess I could consider him my great uncle, my grandmother's brother, who was part of that cadre of brothers that in the 50s, in the 60s, we were, they were good enough to play on the tour, but they weren't allowed to play on the tour. And, and I remember some of those stories kind of consciously and, and, and subconsciously of him talking to me about that, but he would always open his trunk and in his trunk would be trophies and, and, and drivers. And, and I would always say, Uncle Fred, where did this stuff come from? And he would say, I won them in a tournament. And now that I sit before and behind this microphone, 
I understand what he was doing and where he was winning those. And he was going back and forth between Chicago and Gary, which is where which is where they lived. And so I, I think what's even more inspiring now is that you have memories of that history. Uh, you ha- It's close to you through your father. And now collectively, you two are creating a whole nother narrative, which in many ways is the present and will be the future of inclusion of this sport of golf. Absolutely. So that d- deeply powerful already. Par 365. I've had the pleasure of visiting with you both on more than one occasion. Um, Thomas, we were introduced through Solomon Hughes Senior Golf Academy there in Minneapolis, and it was truly a pleasure at that moment. I know a little bit about it, but the T-degree in golf community does not. What is PAR 365? Thomas, you want to take this? No, go ahead, Mercedes. I see you confident. <laughs> Look at the bashfulness on both of you all. Come on now. <laughs> so, um, so part three sixty five is an indoor golf lounge, bar, and restaurant, and we're located in um, in Roseville, Minnesota, which is a suburb of the of Minneapolis and St. Paul. So we're uh, we're you know, within 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes of both downtowns, very conveniently located. And um, when you come and you step into our space, um, you will feel like you're at home. That's that's our goal uh, to um, to be open, inclusive and welcoming and have people walk in and not necessarily feel like they're walking into a country club. They're walking into um uh, a place with good music, a, a kind of a laid back vibe, um, and they're coming to have fun. And so whether that's, you know, you're trying to um, to perfect your game or you're just there because it's raining and you can't play outside um, or you, you know, you, you're just kind of filling the day or having a date night, um, we, we, we hope to offer a little bit of something for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, what we're really excited about is when we were coming up with the concept, you know, uh, we love the golf and, you know, golf season in Minnesota is all the three days long. Right. So we said, hey, (laughs) how how can we keep it going? Right. So we started engaging with, you know, some of the local simulators and kind of trying some of the outdoor places and everything else. But as you know, Victor, the outdoor places, it don't matter how many heaters you get, it's still too cold. It's still oh, yes. too cold to swim a club for more than like 10 minutes and, and <laughs> you know, can't really get it in. And then a lot of the places we were going to on the indoor spot, we're, we're so far away from the core of the city. They're kind of a little bit of a trek. And when you step in there, it feels like a clubhouse, right? Like it is a yeah. old to, mm-hmm. to the golfer to like very, very golf centric. So we started with proximity. Like how can we open a place that would be significantly closer, would have more reach, would have, you know, a bigger audience. But as we went down that path and as we thought of our introduction to golf, the things that we like, the things that resonates with us, you know, we, we began to create this merger of kind of a golf simulator and kind of what I'll call an elevated jazz lounge. You know, so there's going to be jazz, there's going to be soul, there's going to be a little undercurrent of hip hop, you know, really leaned into the decor. How can we make it look more than like just a golf simulator or just a batting cage? Like, how can we give it some character, some perspective, you know? And, you know, as we did the research, as we looked at what resonated with us, it just made so much sense. I mean, 
when you look at the business model, the current golf guest is so monolithic. You know, it mm-hmm. is white, wealthy males. Mm-hmm. But when you go into the golf world, when you look at, you know, leagues like Live and, and you hear the music and the vibe mm-hmm. and the things that they're doing, like, it's so ready for this type of experiment mm-hmm. that we're so ready for this concept. And it's something that I feel is ubiquitous, whether you're in the north side uh, in Minneapolis and you've never swung a club before, or you're coming from town and country, like a lot of those cultural cues, a lot of that music, a lot of that vibe, like everybody's looking for that. And we thought it was such a great opportunity to bring together community and bring together people all in one space, um, you know, kind of enjoying golf and enjoying golf in different ways. So that's kind of at the core of what we're trying to do. It, it really is about creating this inclusive community where everyone feels like they belong. And, and listen, I'll add to that. It's, it's, um, you know, in many ways, you all are innovators in more ways than you may think that you're already doing something innovatively. And given that this year, well, so I think there's a few things that we can pack into this. One, uh, as we all know, this generation of golfers from, you know, the junior golf circuit in America from, you know, 15 to those that may be 35 and maybe early 40s, that group, particularly those on tour, whether you're Caucasian, you are Asian, you are Latin, uh, African-American, the music of choice largely is hip hop. It's it's hip hop. And so that's not an unfamiliar experience to that generation of people. I think in terms of the vibe and the culture of the sport, uh, I saw it on the DP World Tour and I actually saw it on the PGA Tour this year. And golf manufacturers are now coming out with hoodies, right? Mm-hmm. Hoodies. OK. And so we're seeing a change in the culture and you all in many ways are giving that golf experience and leading in that way to something that is off course, but still directly related to the sport. So I I think that you're spot on, you're right in line. Again, this is another step where you're changing the narrative. And I'll also say this, for the tee degree in golf community, uh, some of you may have cringed when Mercedes mentioned Minneapolis, St. Paul. And listen, I get it. Um, However, I think it's absolutely worth the investment. Uh, I did 15 years in the Twin Cities. Um, it It is a unique community. But let me say this, the trip to PAR 365 is a direct trip from Minneapolis, St. Paul Airport. Pick up your rental car, hit 35, head north. You'll see Roselle. You'll come to Roselle, and then you can go 35 south and go right back to the Mall of America. Now, for those of you that choose to come during golf season, this could be a complement to your golf experience. The Twin Cities, including northern Minnesota, has some of the best golf courses that you will ever encounter during the golf season. So there is plenty of reason to support PAR 365. That could be a direct trip for you, or it could be a trip as a complement to an otherwise planned visit to the Twin Cities. So listen, pack your jacket, um, 
pack your Timberlands, uh, put your hat on. <laughs> Listen, whatever you need to do. Get that hoodie. Get that hoodie. Get that, yeah, get that hoodie. Part 365 will be open from January to December 31st and then flip the calendar again. So really, really good stuff there. Um, yeah, so the th opening in Roseville. So Roseville is where our, our first location will be. You know, we're hoping to open this fall. So we're looking at kind of that November uh, timing. But Roseville is just an amazing growing city right outside of the Twin Cities. It's one of those entering suburbs. I think their mall has the second uh, second most uh, successful mall outside of the Mall of America. So it, right. it, it really, we're really grateful to be in just a really good location and a really good city um, to kind of start this venture. There you go. Facts. Hey, listen, the other thing that I looked at is I was paging through the website and we'll ask you all to give that to the community uh, later in the in the episode. And the website talks about our story and specifically it states imagining an experience um, in the spirit of imagining. Take us through how PAR 365 came about. I know we talked about that a little bit, but let, let's expand that some and, and, and bring the TD Green Golf Podcast community in further to what this experience will ultimately be like. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you look at golf and how you said it, it is definitely time for differentiation, more diversity, more belonging. And because we didn't grow up in that community, we were trying to think of a way that connected Part 365 to the experiences that we had. So the simulators is where it kind of starts, right? It starts with simulation. You know, we work with a company out of kind of Michigan, Ohio called About Golf. Michael Breed from the Golf Channel uses this same simulation. So it's, it's a okay. high quality product. But then the question was, how do we build around it? How do we build an experience that resonates with us, what resonates with the level of our game? which resonates with how we came to the game. Uh, you know, as much as golf can be kind of that athletic connection, as much as it can be the business connection, you know, our experience with golf was started purely social. It was right. purely social. And, you know, for me, I was just amazed at how much fun the game is. And, you know, with anyone who starts with golf, it's a very challenging game. So one of the, one of the fondest memories I have is, you know, going to a simulator uh, it was far away. It was in the snow. So it was a track, you know, slippery conditions. And it was, and I got it with my buddies. And, and it's like one thing, uh, other thing I think people are asking me about golf is you can always find your level of competition, right? Like me and all my friends are terrible, but it doesn't matter because we're all trying to beat each other. Right. <laughs> Snowy day in Minnesota. We had a simulator that was far away from home. So we were like, you know, half an hour, like an hour and a half away trek through the snow and I wasn't playing well. Like it was not my best day. The ball wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. And all I remember is like Kenny Chesney, hardcore country music just blaring in the background. And let me tell you how hard it is to be bad at golf, getting beat by your friends and hearing some music you just really just don't want to hear. And, right. You know, and that's nothing against, you know, country music. You know, we'll definitely have a country music night. We definitely want to, you know, shout out to all the country music fans. But, you know, that's not my, that's not my thing, right? So <laughs> the frustration of that is just compounded when you know that you're not in your element, right? Like anywhere we've gone, whenever we, because of where we started golfing, like I have a friend to this day who still wear sweatpants. He's like, I don't understand how y'all wear work pants to do an athletic thing. Like, everywhere we go, this cat wears sweatpants, right? And, like, you know, the golfers out there are cringing, 
Right. And I kind of like, yeah, why wouldn't you wear sweatpants? You, it's hot, it's sweat, you know, you know, you're trying to trying to work get a workout in. So like right. there's, there's these aspects of how we came to the game that's just so alien to the culture. And, and that's part of what we try to put in the DNA of Part 365. Like how can Love. we have aspects that you know avid golfers will gravitate to? Like we got the top, you know, top technology in the game. We got, you know, we'll have clubs there for people who don't have clubs, right? We'll have these Love. things. But then we'll also have this decor, this vibe, you know, this presentation that is very much like an upscale kind of jazz club, right? So like mm-hmm. jazz, soul, that undercurrent of hip hop, like we wanted to blend these things in a way that felt authentic to our experience. And mm-hmm. we thought we better to tell that story than us. Absolutely. Right. And like we're one of the that. one of the features um, that was kind of part of as as we were building it out, like we have a collapsible DJ booth so that yeah. we can kind of <laughs> pull it out, get set up for, you know, for a night out on the town um, right. and people can come and, you know, whether they golf or not, they can still have a good time. I love, I love that. So when the doors open and we are close to, let's say the grand openings, what will visitors see? I love the smile. You, after every question up to this point, you two ultimately smile before uh, before launching into an answer. So that 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 excites me. Listen, I'm I'm having this conversation with you all, thinking when can I get to the Twin Cities with the uh, with the dogs? We're going to have you there. The funny part about this is, you know, um, because of my background, my background is in corporate America. Mercedes' background is on the legal side, like. Are these questions you ask are, are so just so home because we're so into the weeds of all the decor, picking out artwork. Like, so every time you ask the question, you know, just the looks that we exchange, there's like a thousand stories behind it. So we're like, right. who want to tell, who want to tell the story about, <laughs> you know, it's like there's things that you're asking. We just know that each of us has that kind of perspective. So I, I took the last one first. So Mercedes, you, 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 you go for this one. Okay, so we're we're located in like an office park, which is, you know, it's a little like it's a little bit away from from the mall area, but we really like that spot because, you know, we're going to have golfers, they're going to have golf bags. We want to make sure that there's plenty of parking and there is it's easy in and easy out. And mm-hmm. so when you walk from the outside, it it looks like an office park, but you walk in um and you know, like Thomas said, it looks like a jazz lounge, right? We've got, you know, really colorful, you know, art. We've got, you know, uh, wood, you know, a, a handcrafted wood bar. We've got um, a, a state-of-the-art kitchen um, and food service equipment so that we can, you know, put out meals that are, you know, not just burgers and fries. Like we want to have people who are coming and eating healthily. You know, we've got, you know, we talked a lot about the music. We've got a putting green like right up front so that, you know, if you're waiting for your um, for your turn at the simulator, uh, you got something to keep your hands busy. Mm. You know, we've got um, big screen television so that, you know, while that's not necessarily why people go to golf simulators. You know, we want to be able to put on the game if mm-hmm. if the game is on. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got, you know, like I said, we're trying to have a little bit of something for everyone, but also, you know, to have it be to have it feel 
cozy and homey and like it's a place that you would kind of sit down and hang out whether or not you're going to play golf yeah, yeah a lot yeah. of what we looked at um we looked at these spaces like golf courses tend to be green and white green and white tend to lead the way it's very bright it's very you know very lively with grass and everything else but when you get to the simulator world i think it's a chance to see golf in a whole different way and especially starting so soon like i almost probably have more time indoor golf than outdoor golf right mm -hmm. Just given the winter and given when i started playing and, and you know the accessibility to the courses so we thought this was an opportunity to really take really lean heavy into that dark darkness the the wood the leather that kind of and i think you know as we describe it and as you see it you kind of see that like kind of you know it's like a modern jazz club that has a lot of that that moodiness, that vibe, that coolness, right. that be in kind of indoor areas. Like what we're trying to do is lean into that vibe. And I think a lot of the indoor spaces that we go try to make the indoor spaces outdoor spaces. But we said, hey, it's an indoor space. Let's make it what it is. Mercedes handpicked out like a 10, I think it's like 10 by 20 foot, you know, tapestry that's going to go on the wall right like that's colorful and has music these elements of music and, and everything else in it like so the art and the and the things that you'll see in this place are unlike anything that you've seen in any type of golf world or golf simulator today and and that's what we're so excited about is that when people first walk in golfer or non-golfer they're gonna say man this is cool like yeah I mean, this is cool right here. yeah so, you know, one of the things that I like and and I've ascertained up to this point in our conversation is the intentionality with which you all approach this venture. And what's interesting about it is you literally it feels like you literally have considered every aspect of golf and said yes, no. And where no has been the answer, you found a creative way of um, an alternative to that. But you still have been mindful that let's marry this with the vibe of golf. Let's not overwhelm the true theme of what we're trying to do here. And again, I think for that, we can all get excited and motivated Listen, for everybody out there in the community, you know, I often talk about paper clipping a moment in the episode. And, and quite honestly, it feels like this episode may be worth paper clipping the entire episode. Uh, often there are many direct flights from where you live, many metropolitan areas to the Twin Cities. Um, for our Chicago folk, and Thomas already alluded to that, being home is home for me as well. Um, it is an easy trip uh, there and back. But but again, let's get energized about what we've heard thus far and, and, and let's support um, this couple in this amazing venture that certainly is a transition point in what we have always known golf to be. So I just I love the thought process. I love what you all are doing. And I think it's a great segue you know, I again, I, I took a look at the website and I, I, I made a mention about golf vibe fun. And for me, there are three distinct descriptive words. Um, anticipating this as the ideal experience, how will you expect visitors to describe their experience upon entering, engaging, embracing, 
and then ultimately departing. Yeah, Victor, you nailed that one, man. I, that, that is our that is our tagline right there. Golf vibe fun, and, and that's exactly what we want people to experience. You know, we want people to come, and even though it's in that order, we want people to engage in how they're ready to engage in. Some people may come for the vibe. Some people may come for the golf. Some people may just come for fun, and, and we don't right. just because it's in that order. Like it doesn't. We want all those things to be delicately balanced, and I and I think, and you know, I thank you so much for you know, extending the invite, you know, nationwide, because a big part of it is that's a lot to balance. It is it, not an mm-hmm. easy task to balance golf, to balance the vibe and balance fun without going too much in any way. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, to make it where it's most approachable, to make it where it is, you know, most accessible um, to most golf fans, whether they're good golfers or not, you have to balance those things. If any of those things get out of whack, it becomes something totally different. So we definitely want to depend on our guests to help us navigate that, right? Like we, we're, we're, our vision is to create this community and in any great community, the people who belong to that community help shape what that community looks like. So those are, that's our triangle. That's our building blocks. But we're depending on that community to say, hey, you know, we, we need a little bit more here, a little bit more there. What about this? What about that? So we can continue to be forward thinking and innovative and provide yes. a product that works for everybody. Yes, yes. Mercedes, you want to add anything to that? Uh, I would say kind of being in, being in the Twin Cities with it being such a big golf town, I think we yeah. we could be very successful just among golfers because um, simulator space here is at a premium. But we want to make sure that we, you know, that we're making space for youth golfers. You know, we want to partner with community organizations to be to bring mm. people into our space who maybe haven't been introduced or maybe haven't been introduced in the way that we will introduce them um, so that we're not just kind of catering to uh, the people who already know and love golf, but that we're Correct. also growing, Correct. Uh, growing into our community. Correct. You know, and, and, and another thing that I, I want to add to that, just, you know, we want to be intentional. And I know Mercedes says this all the time, like golf right now is heavily male dominated, right? Mm-hmm. But we want to take that intentionality to outreach to women who are trying to learn golf, women who are interested in golf, women who play golf now. Like, you know, our vision is to have that mix that reflects our community here in the Twin Cities. It's yep. not, we're not trying to design a boys club, right? So. Yep. yep. Right. And I would say, I actually, I want women who don't necessarily want to golf, but want to hang out with the guy who's golfing to really enjoy our spot. Well, and I think that's what's so nice about this is, you know, first of all, there won't be any quiet please signs anywhere in in the building. Right. We'll leave those on the golf courses. (laughs) But 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 I do think that in so many ways that this is a night out, a date night, a lunch outing. And. And it is, I guess, multi it's for every gender to come and do what it is you do, right? Whether you want to stay at the simulator for half an hour or you want to see the big screens and swivel your head because there's so many sporting events going on, this is a really good... And and by the way, in the background, you've got some jazz playing, you've got some really, really good, probably some neo-soul going on. And then... And, and, and then 
after you've been there for an hour, you're going to find your feet tap because a little bit of hip hop is in the back. <laughs> so yep. that's, a, that's a full day. That is a yep. full day right there. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Thomas, you mentioned the vision statement and um, it expresses an intent to foster community. For me, it was critically important that I gave you all an opportunity to talk about this because when we first met in the summer, Thomas, that's exactly what you talked about when described, you talked about community. And I think community community can be defined so many ways. But from the PAR 365 perspective, what does that mean? Yeah, no, I love that that question. And and I'll, I'll try not I'll try not to get too deep here, but you know, there's definitely been well, when I think of my experience in the Midwest, and especially when I think of spaces of entertainment, they tend to be incredibly segregated. They tend mm -hmm. to be uh, black spaces and white spaces and different communities and Latino. Like when it comes to entertainment, and I think entertainment in any form is the ultimate way where people get to know each other, people learn about each other, people experience each other. Unfortunately, I think the Midwest still has a long way to go in a lot of spaces. Ten spaces and neighborhoods tend, tend still to be segregated. So when we started this, knowing that it came on the heels of kind of the murder of George Floyd, a lot of civil unrest, you know, we saw even more division within our local community. So our cornerstone and where our vision really starts is around creating community. And then in doing so, we want to do that through golf. So that's that's what we see as the ultimate kind of kind of goal and exercise here is can we create this space that isn't segregated, that has all these elements that brings people together? You know, I, I you know, ultimately, I can't wait to the day where I see someone who is from Edina playing with somebody who is from North Minneapolis. Right. Absolutely. At, at what point do those people cross? And we wanted to create that space where it, it is just normal for people like that to cross right. and interact. So that's that's where that starts. And then when it goes down to the golf with our mission, it's really about making golf more approachable, more affordable and more accessible. Right. And, and when we think about our, our history with it, like when I was growing up, golf just wasn't an accessible sport. You know, we, we didn't, I didn't know where to go or how to engage. You know, it's not right. like a basketball court or soccer field where you just walk up. You kind of got to know somebody. So right. we want to be that uncle, right. We want to be the uncle to introduce people to like, how fun this game is and, and, and how much you can get out of it, right? And we took steps to be intentional about how to make it more affordable, right? And then I think in our in our design and, and how we wanted to feel, that's how we were trying to make it more approachable. So that's kind of the the stair step that we put together of ultimately what we're trying to do and then how we're going to go about doing that. Excellent. Mercedes? I, I think Thomas hit the nail on the head with that. Like we're just being really intentional about, you know, how do we build that community? How do we form those partnerships? How do we, you know, keep people kind of coming back, not, you know, for um for the experience and for kind of that diversity that we hope will be there. Yeah. And we're in a time and place right now where I'm certain that as that happens through you all, it will resonate in ways that are tangible and many that are not. Uh, I, I, it just, it feels like that way um, from my vantage point in what you all are or have launched. The website refers to coming fall of 2023. 
you all are closer or, or, or listen being in the twin cities you might be well into fall right now relative <laughs> to so, so many other places when can we expect the doors to open so we are now on target for um for early november uh we've got we've got a date where the simulators are being delivered kind of locked in uh our, we cleared our last uh construction permit earlier this week nice and so that kind of freed us up to just kind of race from now to then so we are um kind of elbows deep in uh these last few steps um, which includes not just the build out but also building out the team and so that's another mm. way that the that your listeners could support us if they know somebody um, who's interested in joining our team you know please you know go to the website reach out to us, reach out to us on social. Um, we definitely want people who are excited about the idea uh, to come on board. Let's put a thumbtack in that really, really quick and um, talk to us about the website. Please share your website and any other social media um, locations with the Tita Green Golf community. Absolutely. Par365golf is our handle across the socials and our website. So website, www.par365golf.com. Uh, that's the same with uh, Instagram and Facebook. And those are our primary uses of uh, social media. Um, to what Mercedes said, you know, we're definitely trying to build a team. And we know that given the state, given that we don't have background in hospitality, we're also being very intentional about pulling people from golf courses as they close, as well as people from the hospitality and from the entertainment industry, right? So uh, I can't wait to see this team come together. I think there's going to be such an exchange of knowledge and experiences and, you know, how different people deal with different customers today. So I, I can't wait to see that happen. And that's going to be a big part of it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where we are today in terms of that November. Anyone who's opened a business, especially brick and mortar, just especially brick and mortar in hospitality, in food, in entertainment, knows how tricky some of the laws and some of the permitting and on all those things can be. So, you know, we have been really close to the chest on the opening date because we know at a moment's notice, mm -hmm. the permits or inspection things can change. Right. So I will say everything that we control, we've controlled. Mm. It was up to us. We'd be open right now. Right. Um, everything's ready to go. So, you know, we're we're holding tight to this this November date, but we, we still have a, a few more hurdles in, in the city and in the state to clear before we can uh, we can say what our specific date will be. Right. Um, but, you know, know that once we know, like that's going to be everywhere. We're going to shot it from the rooftop. So you, you're not going to miss it. It's gonna, we're going to put it everywhere that <laughs> anyone can see it. So, yeah. So, family, listen, let's uh, let's connect with uh, Power 365 on all of their social facebook instagram and their website and let's uh position yourself to support them at that moment that the doors do open in advance of that if you are not in the twin cities but you do know someone in the twin cities and you see this as a wonderful opportunity for for them to do something with an amazing culture please direct them to the website and give them an opportunity to be part of the staff. If you are in the Twin Cities, and again, you know someone who is looking for a culture that is vibrant, that is high energy, that is certainly going to be governed by two professionals, uh, as well as an opportunity to indirectly learn skills that cannot be taught in the school or the classroom, please 
direct them to the website, and let's give them an opportunity to become part of this amazing culture and this innovative new venture. One of the things that I always ask as we get to the closing of every episode is how can the Tita Green Golf Podcast community support PAR 365? How can we support you all? Absolutely, Victor. Once again, you nailed this one. Um, you know, definitely, definitely engage with our social media. You know, we need everybody needs more followers, right? We need more followers on Instagram. PAR 365 Golf is the handle. Um, and then contact us is on our website. You know, so right now we're looking to kind of build that momentum as we go into opening. And then as soon as we get those doors open, we want to host as many people as we can. I mean, we also want to open it up to uh, anyone who may have organizations. We, we will be operating as a full event center. So we'll have some VIP bays that you can rent out for groups that are like, mm. but if you got a, a team of you know, 50, 60 people, we want to rent out the whole space. We want to make that space. Mm. Yours. That we want to, you know, give you some options on even catering a larger menu, but we want to be seen as that event space as well. So, you know, I'd say Azure members are listening. You know, I encourage them to follow the journey. Follow the journey of you know, two two entrepreneurs trying to make it happen. And I think you know, and I, I'm gonna claim this, Victor. I, I want to challenge your crowd to to, to kind of how they say, prove me wrong, right? Right. I believe we are the first black woman owned simulator in the region. I know we're the first black yeah. person in the state, but I believe we're the first in the region. And I only know of one other black owned simulator on the East Coast in the DC area. So I want somebody to call in and say, you know what? There's another one because we want to support that one too. <laughs> right. right. I think we're going to just claim that until somebody tells us that's not true. So we've got Trailblazers family. Mercedes, how about yourself? Answer to that question? Uh, you know, that's it. Uh, support us by coming out. Uh, Talk us up to anybody you know who's uh, who's coming to the area. Um, we want to be kind of on your on your destination list. And you know, if you you know the Twin Cities, we're so fortunate to be here. There's so many you know Fortune 500 companies, mm -hmm. Fortune 100 companies here. Um, and uh, being in you know a law firm, Thomas being in corporate America, we're having events all the time. Uh, and I've got, I've, you know, I've got people even in my organization who are saying, hey, give me the opening date so that I can book so that I can book. And I want that same energy uh, from this crowd. And, and listen, one sub point to that. Again, we got folk from Chicago. So listen, inevitably, there's going to be a little something in the taste of that food that you just not going to believe is coming out of Minneapolis. All of you all that have been to Chicago, you know the skyline is fabulous. You talk about pizza. You talk about the smells coming from the community. And inevitably, it's always wrapped up by this just great food coming out of the city. So we just had some people that just migrated north. They didn't lose the feel and the vibe for what it's like to be in that, that 606 area code. So no that you're going to not only have an amazing experience, but your palate is going to be dancing as well. <laughs> That's what we're going for, man. That's what we're going for. I love it. I love it. And we've got some trailblazers, you all. Clearly trailblazers doing some innovative things. Listen, 
Mercedes and Thomas, we thank you today. You certainly know that the Tita Green Golf Podcast is open to you all at any time that you want to come back and continue to talk about iterations and advances and successes within the business. Um, I look forward to staying in contact with you all. Um, ideally, I'll be there during the grand opening. If not, we're going to make it some point shortly thereafter. Um, it has been a pleasure getting to know the both of you um, during this journey. Uh, I feel like I've gone through it with you all through emails, knowing how our time has been pushed back and rescheduled. But, but we are so, so very close to you all crossing that finish line. Um, you have our prayers. You have our support. I will continue to support you through the Tita Green Golf Podcast community. Everyone, thank you for being with us on this episode. As we always say, hit it straight from T to green. We are 